Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Um, and this morning, a couple of hours ago, the Parkland Institute released uh, a report into something called the Alberta Surgical Initiative. You've probably heard of it. It goes back uh, about four years now, back to 2019. It was a plan which the province said would increase the number of surgeries done in the province of Alberta. And they would do that by increasing the number of surgeries done in private for-profit clinics, paid for by the government. Don't get it twisted here. Um, this is still publicly funded health care, but uh, it is delivered in privately operated facilities. The stated aim of the ASI, the Alberta Surgical Initiative, is to reduce wait times for Albertans. Price tag here hundreds of millions of dollars. But, hey, if it was successful, and if it did what it set out to do, probably be well worth the cost. However, did it? Now that we're four years in, we can take a look back at how it's gone and make some assessments as to how effective the ASI has been. And to help us with that process, we're going to speak with Andrew Longhurst. Andrew is a health policy research a, polit- a researcher, a political economist, and a PhD candidate in the Department of Geography at Simon Fraser, and he put together this report. Um, Andrew, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Great to be with you. Good morning. Okay, let's just start about how you went about putting this report together. Like I say, ASI has been around for almost four full years now. So uh, what did you analyze to come up with your findings here? Yeah, well, this report largely draws on freedom of information requests uh, to look at uh, the government's own data on surgical volumes and uh, what's been going on with the Alberta Surgical Initiative. And that is certainly one of the challenges with understanding uh, whether this initiative has been successful or not, uh, because that data has not been made public. So uh, it was really a deep dive into uh, the government's own data through freedom of information and uh, what I found is quite concerning. Uh, over the first three years of the initiative, uh, we've actually seen an overall decrease in surgeries uh, delivered in the province. So it fell 6%. Um, and actually, the number of surgeries being performed in Alberta um, is that of uh, the levels that we saw in 2014. Uh, and uh, But at the same time, we've seen a, a jump in the number of surgeries by 48% in those for-profit facilities. Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. First of all, the big headline number, are we completing more surgeries than we were? No, actually down 6%? That's right, from from 2018-19. So pre-pandemic, so right. there's no question that the pandemic makes uh, this a, a complicated uh, analysis in, in terms of uh, the challenges that that posed, and Alberta was not unlike other provinces in that regard. Um, but what we do see with the data is overall, pre- from pre-pandemic levels, we're down 6% uh, overall in Alberta. Um, okay, I wanted to ask you about that because the province themselves did revise some of their targets. Originally, they were talking about 2023 seeing results here, but they came out publicly, I think it was last year, two years ago even, and said, hey, listen, with the pandemic and what happened and everything, we're going to have to revise our timeline to 2025 because the pandemic shot a huge hole in what we were trying to do. I mean, that that seems reasonable, doesn't it? Well, I think what we're seeing with the data and the trend so far is we're not 
we're not seeing significant increases year over year. And so that's what this report uh, really analyzes is the fact that, that the trend is not going in the right direction. Um, and we're actually seeing uh, decline uh, in our public hospitals in terms of their ability yeah. to deliver and increase surgeries. So again, uh, keep in mind that the whole, the stated uh, arguments in favor of the initiative and the growth of for-profit surgical delivery was that it would increase capacity in our public hospitals and AHS facilities. And this research has shown the exact opposite. We actually saw a decline in surgical activity by 12% uh, over the first three years of the initiative. Um, what's the reasoning for that? I mean, I, I might be asking you to go a little further afield here, but in terms of the data that you looked at, what was going on in the public system as a result of this that may have led to that reduction? Well, what was, uh, I think, quite shocking, to be honest, was that uh, at the time that we're seeing the significant injection of public subsidy going to these for-profit facilities, we actually saw uh, a decline in public funding to um, public operating rooms and public mm. hospitals. Uh, in addition, we also saw a decline in uh, staffed hospital beds. So the indicators are all going in the wrong direction in terms of our capacity in the public system, um, and that's really contributing to um, the, the challenges in increasing surgical volumes in public facilities. And so to your question, I think what we're seeing uh, and what the data uh, shows at this point is I think a focus on for-profit surgeries uh, is diverting those staffing and funding resources from our public hospitals, and that's a real concern. I mean, that stands to reason, Andrew, right? When we take a look at the fact that we're really struggling to meet all the uh, the, the the human resources needs that we have in healthcare right now. It's a finite pool of people. So if you're if you're putting a focus on one side and not the other, that's it. Just stands to reason that you're not going to have enough people to cover everything that you want to try and do. And that's exactly the issue. We know that uh, healthcare workers. Um, so we're talking about uh, anesthetists, um, operating room nurses, technologists, support staff, surgeons themselves. They can't be in two places at once. And so uh, what we see with this data, which is consistent with what we see internationally and across the country in terms of the research evidence, um, you're pulling on that same finite pool of staffing. And so the more that you try to pull them into the for-profit sector, it's coming at the expense of your public hospitals. And that's exactly what we're seeing with the data. Uh, the, again, the government's own data in terms of what's happening with this initiative. What about cost? I mean, that's the other side of this, right? Is trying to deliver healthcare at a reasonable cost, reduce costs. Have we seen that? What are we talking about when it comes to the cost of this program? Yeah, that's a great question. And again, I'd love to be able to provide um, more analysis, but this is an area where the government has not been transparent with uh, the cost of uh, delivering those um, surgeries in the private for-profit sector. So I, I made a request and I asked for them to provide um, the cost at a facility level in the private sector so we could understand what those costs are. Um, and they uh, did not did not provide that citing commercial confidentiality. So it's really, and this is uh, across the country too, in terms of um, the secrecy around uh, the public subsidy uh, and the costs of procedures in for-profit facilities. But what I can tell you is I, I did uh, do a cost comparison uh, looking at um, uh, hernia repairs in um, 
in private for-profit uh, surgical centers versus public hospitals uh, using WorkSafe, uh, WorkSafe, WorkSafe for the workers' compensation system in Alberta. And what we did actually see um, is that the for-profit side was, uh, was a little bit more expensive. Um, and so that is consistent with the international evidence that we see. Mm-hmm. We also saw a big new report out of Quebec showing that um, for-profit delivery was up to two and a half times more expensive than public hospitals. Um, and there's in- international evidence as well in terms of the increased cost of, of for-profit delivery. And quite simply, that's because you have that profit margin. You have a duplication of services and administrative structures. Uh, there's a number of reasons why those costs are higher in the private for-profit sector. So if this ASI doesn't appear to be working, and like we say, I mean, there are different factors. And yeah, like to be fair, the province has said they're going to take another look at it in 2025. But based on what we're seeing now and what we're seeing in other jurisdictions, is there a better plan? What What else could we be looking at here, Andrew? Yeah, there is. And this report uh, really uh, provides those policy options in terms of what the research evidence says and what the experience in Canada and internationally has been in terms of what works. So we need to be moving towards centralized uh, referral models. So this means rather than being referred from your primary care provider to an individual surgeon's wait list, um, you would be referred to a group of surgeons with working alongside other healthcare providers where you could be triaged more quickly. And so these types of models help reduce weights um, and it, it reduces a lot of the inefficiencies that we have in the system. Uh, another thing we should be doing, which uh, is clearly not uh, has not been taken up by this government, is the fact that the government's own review that it commissioned showed that about 30% of public operating rooms were not working at f- full capacity, uh, in large part because of staffing issues and other resource constraints as well as funding. So again, maximizing that use of the already existing capacity. You know, I, I think there's a, a myth that the thing that we lack in Canada is physical operating room space. Um, but in each province, the issue is not physical operating room space, it's it's your staffing. So we don't need to be opening and paying more for-profit clinics to open up. We need to be taking advantage and fully using that existing capacity that exists in our public hospitals. And, and so that, first and foremost, uh, should be taken seriously by this government. Andrew, I really do appreciate your time. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, but thank you so much for being here today.